Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching. Get answers to your questions and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of The Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. (laughs) Well, it is Tuesday night, and we're getting set for a whole other hour of, well, ABCs of Apostleship, Discipling Other uh, Apostolic Christians. That's what we're doing. Well, we want to disciple. Yeah, we might need to do that, Ashley. Discipling Apostolic Christians, which I want to say is uh, scripturally organic and culturally unmodified. You know, we are moving with this thing, Ashley. We are really moving with this scripturally organic, culturally unmodified. Well, it almost seems like it's moving without us. Well, yeah, it is. Kind of, actually, it is kind of, you know. But you know what? We're keeping up. Are we keeping up? We are keeping up. And I'm looking forward to So I just got through having a great time with Bishop Larry Gators in Massapequa, New York, with D3. Wait a minute, did I get it right? Three, D3. Day three. Day three. I know it was something. Okay, day three broadcast. Now, I know I'm going to get it right. And um, we just did two hours of powerful discussion on a host of subjects. And guess what? Prophet Ashley's going to tell you how to catch it. Because, well, that's what Prophet Ashley does. All right, you can go on Facebook. Facebook. It's only on Facebook. Oh. And you go to day three, the number three, B-A-Y three. And then broadcasting, it'll come up in your search. It's the only day three broadcasting. <laughs> And you click on it, and then you can go. Her broadcast is at the top. So let me ask you, Ashley, what are we doing in a month? Do you know? We have our Tulsa Prophetic Training Uh-huh. They're learning high concepts online, 
And the church is the only place where we feel we have to make it as easy as possible for our children to not be challenged. I agree. But then again, we don't challenge our adults largely. No, so we don't. That we, makes sense. Well, so they'll be in the day sessions with you and us and all of the other guest speakers. And then in the evening, while the adults are breaking out into their training tracks with the Near Global Prophetic Company Profits, the teens will be going to their special services oh, are just for them. Do the teens have special services? They do. What are we doing? I know you got to tell me because I'm nosy. I am not quite sure yet, actually. Probably, you know, we're talking about this. I know, right? Well, we're keeping on her anyway. Yeah, it'll definitely be geared, of course, towards them hearing from God as a youth and, I'm sure, um, breaking beyond in their lives and advancing in their ministry calling as a Christian, as a prophetic vessel at a young age, which is, man, how many of us say, I wish I had this when I was a teenager. I know. Or a tweenie. Or preschool. I mean, we get them as young as they come out the womb. We do. We do. We don't waste time with ours. We are like, come on, if, you know, if, they gonna, if you're going to be stalked, then we're going to make sure that we clearly got you covered. And let's not forget prayer and healing and deliverance. Yes, we have sunrise with the first watch. Is that what we're talking about? First, first watch. watch prayer. Oh. At 6 a.m. And you know the people show up at 6 a.m. Yes, for prayer and worship. And I say, what, Prophet Tom said that in motion, and I thought, now why didn't we do this sooner? <laughs> <laughs> this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of registrants come down for 6 a.m. prayer, the uh, apostles and prophets, and get the place lit up. And so by the time everybody comes back around for 8 a.m. praise and worship, the heavens are open. Praise is open, and it's on fire. Yes. Hey, guys, you don't want to miss it. And I have a surprise for you this year. You want to make sure you register. I am going to show you, introduce how God has given me to enlist you in helping his prophets take back the planet. It is unusual. I was on the phone today with Apostle Sharon Billings, who's one of our speakers for this year. And I'll tell you, when I shared a little, just a, a little bit when she said, woman of God, I can't wait till I get there. She was excited. Hey, have you ever wondered, what is God going to do with the prophets in the future? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Who are you going to serve? Hey, i got a better question. What are you going to prophesy? And how are you going to live? And so Prophetic Ed has been doing a great amount of work with the prophets over the years and, and all of that. And we were in prayer a few weeks ago, um, actually, I think it was a few weeks ago, and the Holy Ghost dropped it on me and he said, that's how we're going to do it. You've got to come to the event because I'm not going to reveal it before then. If you're a prophet, a bona fide prophet, you already feel in your spirit that I got this. If you're an apostle, intercessor, seer, psalmist, worshiper, if you are a preacher, pastor, or leader, you know that God has got to do something. Come on, Ashley. How often have we heard people say, what is God doing and what is God going to do about? Every day. And you're an advisor, so you do. And now with our country, with the state of the affairs of the world, with so many prophets missing it with the election. Oh, people want to know, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on now. Where is God? What is God up to? And what's my role in it? Mm-hmm. And the great prophets dying without reason or understanding and great ministers. Hold on. I mean, are we giving up? Is God throwing in a towel? Is he tapping out? Right. You know, is he ringing the bell? What is he doing here? I want you, if you have a call, a genuine call to the future, whether that call is to hear the word of the Lord and share it with others, to minister it in prayer or intercession, to raise your children in God's new day. You don't want to miss it. And, yes, I am doing it on purpose. I want you to press your way because it's too good to miss. When you hear this, you're going to shout. I'm convinced they're going to shout and run around the place. I am so convinced because I have been in this thing since 1985. Of course, I did not find out that I was a prophet until 1987. 
And I found out that I was a prophet, like many of you did, by a fluke. And having, um, first of all, I was, you know, marginally a church girl, definitely not a Christian. I would have said I was a Christian, but in hindsight, I realized I wasn't a Christian. I was a church girl, and I was very good at being an absent church girl. And so I, you know, knew very little about Christianity. And, of course, when I went to church, all the prophets were dead, and God wasn't doing that any longer. Some of you are in that church that are still holding memorials for the prophets' tombs. Okay, I won't just leave that with that. And so 1987, I find out I'm a prophet. First of all, when I first started this thing, I'm going somewhere, but when I first started in God, I just wanted to teach everybody about Jesus. I've mentioned to you before, and for those of you who are newcomers to this broadcast, there was a time that I just wanted to teach Jesus, and I'm telling you, when I got saved, I knew the Bible. Knew it. I mean, that thing got in me. Now, don't ask me where the addresses were. I couldn't tell you, but I could run that thing down the front and up the back. That's only intensified uh, since then and applied and related. 1987, I'm trying to figure out who I am. I'm, all of a sudden, I'm not really rolling this pastor thing, and a woman comes in. Um, and brings in three prophets with her, and she's sitting in the service because she's heard about me in town. And when it's all over, she said, you know, you're a prophet. I said, well, no, I'm not because uh, they're all dead, you know. And she said, no, they're not. And she said, I'm telling you, it's a prophet. I said, no, I'm not a prophet. I just tell people what, what, what God says. He says it, I tell it. She said, well, that's the definition of a prophet. I said, no joke. So finally, the Holy Spirit started dealing with me and saying, okay, you're a prophet. And so that's how I ended up. On my search, I went on a search to try. This is why you want what I'm offering you, because I went on a search trying to find books and materials to help me but the process. Now, I was looking for something that would help me recognize what God is doing with me, for me, as a prophet. I was so not interested in people's testimonies. And most of the books I found were testimonials and devotionals, and this is how God showed me kind of thing. Now, this is back in 87. We've come a long way. Bless me, God. So I didn't find it. And I mean, I traveled upstate. I traveled downstate in my town. I traveled out of state. I traveled across country. And I went, everywhere I went, I went to a bookstore trying to find out. Finally, I might be now coming up on 1980, maybe 89. And I'm saying, but God, I cannot find any book to help me understand what you're doing. Because I'd flip through them, and I'm a very fast reader, very avid reader, so I'd flip through them, and I'd say, well, this isn't it, and this isn't it, and I can't get anything from there. Well, finally, God said, well, then write the book. I said, write the book? I can't write the book on something I'm trying to find a book about. He said, just write what I'm doing. And so I did. I wrote what he was doing, and I laid it out in what I understood to be book form and all of that, and ended up with a book called Constructing the Contemporary Prophet. I had to write my own manual, guys. And so after I wrote it 398 pages later, I was just all done. I'm thinking I'm really done. This is great. I'm happy about this because I finally got how God was developing me, and I used it to develop others. And to my surprise, it sold very briskly around the country and around the world. And it did so for several years. Well, I finally settled into this prophet thing, and lo and behold, God says, actually, you're an apostle. Oh, Jesus, wait a minute. You know, boom. I had just settled into the apostle stuff, the prophet thing, and all of a sudden the mantle shifts. I found out that my prophecies changed, and my mental focus and my spiritual emphases all shifted, and they started going in a broader direction. And I, and I also found out that my mind changed, and I was like in a whole other mental dimension in God. And I'm thinking, but God, I can't be a, an apostle because, and I ran down the list, and of course, those of you who know Jesus well know that he could care less about our bow out list. And so he was kind and gracious, and he let me bow out. And I go, would you believe, on the same journey I'm trying to figure out, because I, unlike many people, I refuse to just assume I know how to do a job. I don't assume. I don't jump in ignorantly. I don't like doing things poorly, and I hate having to grope through anything that I have to do. I am going to know what I'm doing before I do it. And trust me, when you serve the God of faith, that is a challenge. And Jesus is a challenge. So I said, if I am called to be an apostle, if I ought to know what that is. 
And, of course, I went to church and got all kinds of stuff, and I bought some of the little stuff they had out there on apostles. And, of course, it didn't speak to me. I was like, but, God, that doesn't make sense to me. And since I came from a business background and I came from a corporate job, I was also a major account executive, so I had high developmental training anyway. If that stuff wasn't speaking to me. Now, maybe some of you all can, can you know, reconcile that church state uh, business that I couldn't. I was looking for something that was procedural. I was looking for something that was measurable. I was looking for something that was definable, and none of that was it. It was all about an anointing and the feeling and the anointing, and you're giving an anointing. And, and God wasn't talking to me like that. He just wasn't. At this time, I still didn't know I was ahead of my time. I did not. So I go on. Finally, I get the same advice. Write it. Oh, Jesus, I'm writing another book. Now, I've just got through this Constructing the Contemporary Prophet thing, 398-page manual, Developing Prophets. It's the, it's the springboard for both the Prophet's Dictionary and the Prophet's Handbook. So I write this book, and I get to the last two or three chapters, and believe it or not, something happened to me that I've never known before, writer's block. I don't get writer's block. I never get it. And I just don't ever have it. I just don't. I don't know what it is. I don't get it. And because I don't want to say, and I don't consider, and back then I especially didn't consider myself a writer, I saw myself as more of a scribe. So I feel like when God talks, I wrote, that's how it went. So I didn't have to, but I got writer's block, and it was severe. And while I'm getting his writer's block, my whole organization is drying up. Money stops coming. People start cutting up. I just want you to know when, you, when all that starts happening, you need to have a visit, a little talk with Jesus. So I'm struggling. I'm like, God, why are you doing this? I'm doing this event and that event. I'm making this thing, and I'm trying to make that thing happen. And nothing is really working. So finally, I am frustrated. I sit down. I talk with the Lord. I said, God. What is this? Am I supposed to quit ministry? What am I supposed to do? He said, I told you, I want you to write that book. I said, God, I cannot write the book if you don't say anything. I don't know what I'm talking I'm like, come on, Jesus, I don't know. And I am really having it. And I'm acting like a real bratty kid. Some of you all know, but that's like I'm having the temper tantrum of temper tantrums. I am fussing. I'm filling with the Holy Ghost. And, you know, God just lets you go on until you run out of steam and then say, now. You feel better? You done? Okay, let's go on. And so he began to tell me again, I want that book written. I said, God, I can't write it. He said, I want you to go away. I want you to go away for two weeks. When you come back, you will have that book written. Hmm, man. So I did. I went away for two weeks, and the first five days I slept. And I was having a tantrum still. I, I, I just went to sleep in the tantrum. So the first five days I just slept. I just couldn't think of anything else to do, so I went to sleep. The second days, I just kind of goofed around, you know, whatever. And God never said a word to all of this. And I'm just goofing around and not doing anything. And finally, um, he said, so you ready to get started? God, I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, you have it. Okay. So that night, I go to sleep. And when I go to sleep, Jesus comes for me. And he lifts me up between heaven and earth. And he comes and he has this scroll in his hand. And it's, it's just rolled up and he gives me this scroll. And when he does, even though he puts it in my hand, it's as if he's thrown it in my mouth and in my stomach. He said, now you can finish this book. I said, well, God, why does it look like paper towel or something? I don't even know. He said, because you've got a lot to mop up. I come back to earth and I sleep. I get up the next morning. I make my coffee and... I sit down to my computer expecting the same block. All of a sudden, this thing, this, this anointing, this grace came over me. I couldn't type fast enough. I just couldn't. And I mean, I type, 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 and I finished all those chapters in like three days. Now, I'm writing by the Holy Ghost, just like I wrote Constructing. Remember, I don't know this stuff. I'm writing by the Holy Spirit. So as I finish writing it, I get it all together, and I edit it and carry it on. I come back, and as I'm writing it, I'm writing it as if I've become this. I, from that day onward, understood it. So I completed the book. The name of that book was, uh, was uh, God's Apostle Revised. Uh, Prophet Ashley mentioned it last week, okay? And so um, when she mentioned it, I said, wow, I forgot it. I forgot that. You know, I forgot it, and I said to her, 
Ashley, thank you for telling me because I'm training prophets and I'm the apostles right now for the near commission, so I want them to do that. I want them to um, to learn it, okay? Um, to do constructing. Yeah. I'm sorry. I always say constructing the contemporary. Nothing established them in society. Somebody hearing me? 
So God needed, he told me, and I read, I was reading from a professional, a, a, a university, and that's how I understood that. I was like, well, God, they tell me that you don't want me to do much of my marriage, so I can't do that, and I wasn't going to do it. And the professor said that unless a movement becomes a monument, it is a work that is doomed to die. And because there was no monument, nothing established, nothing rooted and grounded in the earth, Everything that we've been living up to now, but then how could you make a monument out of dust? This thing is old. It's old move. So God said to me that um, he said, listen, I want you to start using the phrase 21st century prophet because I'm closing out 20th century prophetic work. I'm closing out those mantles. I know we've got people running around saying you're going to do I'm closing all that out, said the Holy Ghost. I am closing it out because it doesn't serve the technologies of today. Brand new technology also brings with it new issues, new circumstances, new needs, and dynamics that must be addressed by the Lord. People have to have answers. So I just did everything he said. He said, write the assessments. I wrote the assessments. Took us, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years to get them where we need them to go. But they're finally moving, and, you know, Prophet Ashley is one of those People who wrote, who was uh, is down to date advisor, uh, literally a specialist in those assessments, the advisement, and readying people for the 21st century prophetic era. Now, here's the drawback because we all have this issue where we have been taught that you can't train a prophet. So most of you all are, are, are debating and you're ambivalent about whether or not I need to go to school for prophetic because all you know how to do is go to school for prophecy. That is not prophetic. But this is, what we're talking about, as you can tell from listening to me for well over a year, that this is not prophetic. Uh, you know, and that but really, how are you going to train an apostle? Because all the apostle does is set order. Come on, guys, set order where on the mountain, on the valley? Where do you set it? I don't even know where that goes. So, but 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 again, coming from an era of of simplified ministry, you can't. God has to step outside that camp to get the broad thoughts and the broad uh, wisdoms and knowledges that He needs for the generations to come. Because while we were having fun with that, the generations to come were growing up for today. So God said to me very clearly, we are changing and shifting the prophetic. If you want to find out how God's going to do it, prophecy will no longer be the supreme arm of prophet ministry. The office will be supreme. Mark my words. I wrote it. I explored it. And now we're ready to go with it. Uh, you have heard me talk gift versus office, gift versus office. And, you know, we have these, you know, these benefits. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm talking about a gift. And come on, everything from God's a gift. Who's paying them for this? You know, you're not paying God for the baby that you got, got that you didn't think you were going to have. You're not paying God for the wife that you got. Even your tithe can't pay God for the, the joy of God giving you the right thing. You're not paying God for the contact that he just made. You don't pay God for anything because, well, we don't even have his currency, number one. We don't know what his, his rate is, exchange rate, because God's exchange rate is a contract soul and faithful service and holiness. Those are his denominations, contract soul, faithful service, and holiness. So how you, that's how you pay him off. You know, you, you're faithful to him. You know, you, you, you'll do what he says. That's how you pay him off. And some people won't, won't pay him until they die. They just can't do it. Bless be God. They just can't. But if you feel that you are called to do more than stand in a line and prophesy to a string of people, then this is what you want. If you feel that prophets should be intelligent, knowledgeable, skilled, and competent, then this is what you want. If you feel that prophets should be accurate more often than not, and that on major issues they should pretty much know what God's mind and thoughts and doings are, then you, this is where you want to be. I'm where you want to be. I used to walk around doing the coy thing where, you know, I don't want to say it, but I'm not, gonna, I'm not coy. You know, the wonderful thing about my last birthday, I could let coy go. I buried a lot of things on that month. 
lot of things, and one of them I buried with Koi. I have a unique way of training prophets that is not anywhere. It is patented, it is branded, and it's exclusive. And it works. You've seen my prophets. You've met them. I don't ju- and I didn't just stop at learning how to train you. I didn't just write a class. I wrote a program. I wrote, actually wrote several programs. And they're not just classes on how to prophesy. No shukam messiah. This is what I think God said. God, you know, I stood in front of one of those people one day, man. We were in uh, California when they were doing that. Oh, and yeah. I stood up there. I said, first of all, I'm going to need you to go grow some tongues. How long have you been saying? And you still got the same tongue? That's like saying a baby, you, you're 65 years old, you're still talking about mama, dad, mama, dad, Are you kidding me? I'm going to need your tongues to grow up. Because that means your communications are stilted. Your ability to heal God is stilted. If your tongues are the same as they were the day you got off the floor, are you kidding? That means you don't push into other realms. You're still locked in the same salvation conversion realm. Well, it's the truth. Your tongues speak to the realm that you're in. I remember a, a preacher, I mean literally, ridiculing people who have fluent tongues. Ridiculing. Oh, uh, yeah, y'all think that y'all got something going on because y'all, y'all can And I was new and God, please do that to me today. I'm so ready. <laughs> Baby, I'm so ready. I'm like, mama, dad, dad, and tongues, come on, y'all. Y'all need to come up off of that. That means you don't pray often. That means you don't pray a lot. That means you don't push past resistance. That means you don't push past weariness. That means you don't push past your timing. That means you don't press into other realms. That means you don't push past your tongues and move into the Holy Ghost tongues. You have never moved up into that dimension of God where your tongues make things happen. And you're all caught up in your little real cure and people are going to say this and that. I don't care what you say. I am so unimpressed. And you know why? Because when I stand up in my, my prayer language, it moves God and it moves heaven. So it's nice your tongues move you, but if they don't move God, we're not getting any fruit. And I'm telling you. And so, and, and how did I learn that God taught me? I was like, well, I mean, I started praying in tongues. We have a whole class on my, um, what is it, uh, what is my class called? Praying governmental prayers or? Open a prayer Well, that's the newest one. But a prayer for is not, you know, and when I started moving into a governmental tongue, I was like, whoa, this is really, man, I felt like I was floating. But so you can't get that in a weekend course. You see? You cannot do that. See, when I started praying, teaching my prophets, before you prophesy, I better know you can pray. And I better know that when you pray, heaven responds. Because if heaven doesn't respond, you're just making a lot of noise. I need to know that God loves the sound of your voice. I need to know that he loves how you worship him. I need to know that you can pray through because praying through is what you do. You can never prophesy beyond your prayer language. I don't care what anybody tells you. You'll give the same word. There'll be different phrases. You'll, you'll flip it. You'll invert it. You'll move the vowel in front of the noun. You'll put the noun at the end of the predicate. You're going to wrap around the proposition or the preposition. But in the end, you will still give the same kind of word. As a matter of fact, you all know people like that because you say, every time I go to he's saying the same thing. Every time I go to her, she can't say it. She can't say anything else. Same word. Five years later, you're still at the same prophecy, or even you're given the same thing. Everything is about money because you haven't broken in any other realms. Everything is about family because you haven't broken in any other realms. But when you move into that high dimension, because the office is a fully stocked, fully equipped thing. Some people don't have an office. They've got a little kiosk, little prophetic kiosk, actually. There you go. Uh huh. Little mall people. They run up to you with the little person. Yeah. Little spray with the person. I'm telling you. But when you when you move into the depth and the breadth of the prophet, you are different. And people who are prophets hear it. They hear it in the sound of your voice. When you break beyond in prayer, your voice changes. Your spirit has a different sound than your flesh. And you move out into that dimension. That's what we're hearing. But you know what? That doesn't come by magic. And God's not going to give that to you just simply because you want it. 
He tells you if you want some wisdom, he tells you to ask for it, but he never told you it was instant. Wisdom is not an instant cereal. Wisdom is like a nine-course meal that you first got to plant the vineyard for and then plant the fruits and then reap the harvest. In other words, you got to work that ground. And one thing I like about praying in the spirit is that it enables you to work the ground of the invisible realm and to, you can run up on them spirits. And, and that they're like, what, what are you doing here? But you have to know how. So I'm going to tell you, yeah, I said that. I'll challenge you to grow your tongues up. First of all, I challenge some of y'all to pull them out the closet. Could you go get them from under the bed? Pull them out the closet, get them out the luggage, go on in the garage, pull them out of there. And why don't you go to storage, go to the gym, get it out the gym locker. But you need to pull them back online. Because I'm telling you, I the reason God made me fall in love with it, because I used to think when I first got the bathroom, I was like, boy, am I just sounding stupid? Yeah. I don't know that about my and I'm telling you, and I, but first of all, I tell you, God never let me stay in baby land long. I mean, no matter what he introduced me to, I, it was like boom and yank up, boom and yank up, you know? And so he always yanked me up. He did. But when Paul, I was reading that thing, and when Paul said, though I speak, come on, come on somebody, come on. though I speak with tongues of men and of angels. I said, hold on. Uh-oh, wait a minute, I got all something going on here. Because aren't they the ones that are doing the heavy lifting back here? Aren't they the ones that Hebrews said that are sent to minister to the heirs of salvation? I said, hold on, wait a minute. Cracking the code of divine language, not just spiritual language. I'm ready to get up there in the ages. Those are the workers. I mean, I like them, no worker tones. You know, I'm making things happen. Yes, I am. Well, I'm breaking the up. When I said that, when God said that to me, Ashley, I, I remember being in my room wanting to shout at the same time. And so, you know, because I knew I was different because when people started wanting to pray in the spirit, they got to play music. They got to go and do some hymns. We got to hum it. I'm on my shit. They got to hum. Not me. I start right out. Boquette. Yep. Yep. Bro. Yep. I don't need all of that because I'm in my office. Oh, Hallelujah. That's right. You want to ridicule it, get it right. Play it up the right way because you're going to do it right. Let's do it. But I'm telling y'all, this is a powerful instrument of your office. And trust me, it's two different dimensions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Y'all flowing with me? They flowing with me? Oh, yeah. They, uh, they flowing with me normally. Mm-hmm. I said, so I, when I said tongue of men and angels, I, I was done. Then I went over there and read about the Holy Ghost having his own tongue. And I thought, wait a minute. They're not teaching me this. I'm getting it at all. Read about the Holy Spirit and knew when the Holy when you hit a certain level in that thing. Hey, y'all listen to me out there. Are y'all getting it? Because I don't want you to catch this because I'm setting somebody free today. Because you get ready to go to the hospital, you're going to pray for somebody, and you're going to watch things happen, and I'm giving you your answers before you go so that you have something to say and power to pray. So I sat there, right, and I'm, I'm sitting there like, man, God, my tongue, oh, Jesus is good. I'm moving into this thing, and I realize that you can get to a level where the Holy Ghost said, I'll take it from here. You know that's good. Yes, I am crazy. The Holy Ghost said, I will take it over from here. Yes, I'm excited. You know I'm excited. You, you sit there, you're all tired and don't know whether you're going to do it. And yes, I am. I'm telling you. Now, this may not be for everybody because we got a lot of people too cute to pray in their heavenly language. We're too cute, and that just doesn't make sense. We stay out of the realm anyhow because you don't know what you're doing. You're making a mess. But I'm talking to the people who know. Where the power lies, and it's never in our carnality. It's never in our humanity. It is when we move into the other side of our new creation makeup, and if we begin to move out in our divinity, in that divine nature. And, baby, they don't talk English, French. They don't talk, you know, Farsi. They talk the language of their world. 
And you don't just get to talk it. You get to hear it. You get called to the meeting. You get brought in. You want to know how folk be missing it in God because you've got to go to the man meeting. And you've got to ascend in the spirit realm. And ascend, your spirit has got to ascend and drag your little trifling soul because, you know, our souls are trifling, actually. They like, yeah, when is this going to be over? Right. And it's always messing with you. Your, early, your, first, your first few moments is, oh, I'm tired. Don't you have that? I just don't want to do this. Your, talk, your mind is cutting up. Your soul cutting up. And you've got to give your spirit full command authority to bring, your, bring you under the yoke of the Holy Spirit. And your spirit has got to be nurtured and developed so that it can beat down your soul when your soul wants to rebel. Command authority. I'm telling you, when your spirit is up there, I don't know who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to you, let me know. I like to hear you all. Let me know where God is going and what God is addressing. But I'm telling you, your spirit has to grow up, and it only grows. What did you say, Ashley? Building yourself up only. Your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I bet you, y'all flowing with me, guys. I bet you, because you know, Jew is James's brother, and James is Jesus's brother, which means Jew is Jesus's brother. I bet you. He could write that because he watched his brother praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in a language that was not their own. I know you have people that say, yeah, but that's just other language. Some of our tongues are of men, but when you hit that place, there is a place that you can hit in the spirit where your tongue stops being even remotely recognizable by anything on earth. Now we're talking about praying in the tongues of angels. And the next one after that is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit will give us intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. That's a strange way of saying it. And see, half of this stuff y'all can't find because y'all got those little swap-out Bibles, swap-out the truth for, for trending culture. Some of y'all got culture-modified scriptures, culture-modified versions and translations. But God never let me get off in that. I would buy a strange Bible, Ashley, and God said, what, why? Sometimes he said, get rid of that. Some of you all could say that God did that to you all, too. I bet you a few of you all could say, God said, get rid of that. That is not, no, I'm not talking, that's not me. He said, that's man's work. That's not me. And won't let me do it. And I asked God once, I said, God, they said, you know, I like to ask God interesting questions. And since I do kind of make it up into his realm frequently enough, I said, God, they told us, I mean, you hear them saying, you know, well, we just need it to be easy for the people, and then we just need to keep breaking it down. You know what the Holy Ghost said? He said, that's what the fivefold teacher's job is. He said, that's the office of the teacher. That's their responsibility, not to change the Constitution, but to teach the people to understand it. I had to know. I said, because, God, you got, like, all of these translations. We don't know. Now, if you're talking about another language, another topic, yeah, please, get it in whatever. You're French, Russian, I don't care. But we need to have the same word. And so I said, but God, all these different ones, and they keep changing. He said, they're changing for culture. He said, because they bought into the trending downturn of church authority and influence. So now you read the Bible like a novel. And so you don't expect anything but entertainment from it. You don't expect power on those words. I asked God about that. You know, I needed to know. I, I love it because, you know, I get the people that say, no, I just don't say that. I don't really. You know, that and 50 cents, what does that mean? Can't even buy coffee. And so, really, I want you to understand that there is a dimension of, of God's wisdom and knowledge you must access. 
and I don't mean just get to the point that you press your face through the glass and see it but can't get over there, but that you access and that when you get there, you can do business with God. Now, Ashley mentioned this. I'm going to let her talk about our next installment of Opening Your Prayer Portal. Ah, yes. Part two is coming, everyone. <laughs> Somebody actually recently asked about that. They emailed us. Is there another one coming? <laughs> yes. And you felt good to say we're getting it out? <laughs> so the master edit is done. I just need to break it down and upload it online, and it takes it to the next level. What I really love, well, I talked, you know, back to the screen. The whole time. <laughs> it's very funny when I edit in the office. I was telling Dr. Price earlier. Because I'll be making these comments, and then every now and again, one of the staff will look at me like, can you, can you tell us? <laughs> no, and that is good. Oh, wow, that's deep. Um, but you, you take it to the next level, and you call it orientation part two. I do. And it really is orientation part two, which is also very scary to me because <laughs> we're still at orientation in our minds of love. <laughs> as as uh, Bishop Larry said in your previous broadcast tonight, there you are. There's an apostolic wrecking ball happening here. And so with the prayer portals part two, you break down, one, when you actually need to engage in portal prayer. And you work through the different levels and layers quite quickly, but still, of prayer, the posture you need to be in, the guards you need to get past, who you actually need to be to get to portal prayer. <laughs> and what kind of situation you need to be in to engage in portal prayer. Because you're talking about the high officials. Now, some things, okay, you need a prayer line. <laughs> Others, you might actually just need to go find a prayer partner. And working your way up the chain of command yes. in the spirit to get to portal prayer, mm. which I find very powerful. I, said, I told her, this is like um, Adventures in Prayer on steroids. Yes. Because you do broke some of these topics and subjects, how you come to the Lord in prayer. Mm -hmm. You go into a high official's office looking crazy, security will usher you right out of the building, put your name on a list and put your face everywhere, and you're never getting back in. And so a lot of people come to God in a crazy way, mm -hmm. which is why they get escorted out <laughs> by the agents in charge. <laughs> you okay. know, like, and you said in there, too, how we get stuck in prayer because God will do something for us a certain way once, and we use that as a staple in the pattern. <laughs> the standard, excuse me, in which we measure his faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Well, you did this over here, so I'm looking for you to move this way every time. So you go all the way in. Yes. On the orientation. Yes. Because you're still telling us we have yet to learn about prayer portals. And I'm like, well, I learned a lot in orientation. <laughs> And did you learn, let me ask you as a prophet, now that you've had, you know, one and two, you've got that much under your belt, what would you say is the essential of prayer portal training for prophets? What's the essential? Hold on. Oh, no, she got it. Oh, she pulled it out of technology. She's pulling out of stuff. I am. It's a really good question. You said, why is it essential? Uh-huh. Yeah, what is the essential of the prayer portal training for prophets? Well, if, since we've been taught, the prophet's first job is prayer and intercession. We're going to put the cart where it belongs, behind the horse, <laughs> which is prophecy. And we're going to hitch this thing up the right way. You cannot have accurate prophetic if you don't have accurate, accurate prayers. First of all, you can't even have deep prophetic if you can't go deep into the spirit realm, mm -hmm. which comes in prayer. And through prayer, the way you are your spiritual clout as a prophet is not through prophesying. It's through intercession. That's true. We pray, y'all, because now I'm telling prophet y'all, we prayed and prayed and prayed for years in your sure. ministry. Now, we did it initially just because we believed in the vision. Yeah, we need to pray because the world needs to know this. Set up by the Holy Ghost, had no idea he was setting us up. So that's the first reason that I would say 
um, that this is essential to every prophet, every prophet. One, you have to pray through your flesh. You have to pray off of your flesh. You have to find your own spiritual powers. Know who's moving with you, how God is moving. You don't even really know what realms you belong in Mm -hmm. until you kind of do some exploratory prayer and intercession. And that can be a season of years. Yes. It was for me. Yeah, before you find out, oh, this is why, oh, this, okay, so every time I do this in prayer, all right, every time, okay, so anytime I approach this, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Like, think, so we're going to scratch think, that from the list. So this is not my gift. This mm-hmm. is not my calling. This is not my mantle. That's the importance of prayer. When you think about the major miracles that happen in Scripture. Prayer. So the apostles or prophets, prayer was there. Right in the middle of it. Including Jesus. You, you try to hear pinpointing your prayer portal requires believing it exists. Can we start so with... we need this training so we can actually find out what is real. We're still stuck in it's invisible, it's optional. Mm-hmm. It's invisible, so I can choose if I... Uh-huh. Just like your boss and everybody's invisible in your company until they show up at your floor. Mm-hmm. Or you need to go to them. They, or they uh, pin for you. What? Open your prayer portal requires finding a spiritual compass, guys. She talks about your spiritual compass, right, because who knows what that is. <laughs> there is power in your portal to help or harm. Mm. Powerful orientation. How does God get immaterial prayers into this world? That is why prophets, if I get my notes out, that is why prophets. I'm so proud of myself. She got the notes in. That is why prophets need to take this. One of our greatest mandates is pulling the invisible realm into material things. Thank you. Healing, manifestations, miracles, you taught. What did you say? This? I don't know. You just said so many things in the last month. I've heard you. Um, about Elijah. What did you just say this on? How he bound up the heavens and then he had to work to open them. Was that church? <laughs> Sunday training. Oh, that was us. That was Sunday training. Oh. That's why you need a mentor, people. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's talking about your prayer portal goals. And the aims, and you went through a lot more. Mm-hmm. But that, I would say, is my main reason for why. I love reason. it. I love it. Um, because, and the reason that I want her to say it is because for, I can say all day long what I want, but you also need to hear sometimes how it lands on others. I, I strongly encourage the prayer portal. I'm doing the prayer portal training because it's going to be a requirement of all my prophets. Because I don't care what you say. And there are a lot of times that I don't care what you say. God taught me to pray. Yeah, but he taught you to pray where you are. I train you to pray where you're going. Well, to me, it's a difference between somebody going to a gun range and learning how to shoot a target that isn't moving or trying to kill them. Mm-hmm. And then learning how to shoot to be a law enforcement officer. Okay. And, and, and stop, an, stop an offender. And so, and so many times, you know, you hear that. One of the things that I'm always concerned about with the church, and I think as um, that will begin to wrap up our discussion for tonight, but I am always concerned about the smugness mm-hmm. that has been, um, the Christians have been indoctrinated to, the smugness, the cockiness, and the pride. You know, when Bishop Larry was talking about 20-year-olds, talking about I'm an apostle, yeah. and I'm going to say this number title grinder. You know, people are title grabbers, and you know, they, and to them, because as far as they're concerned, their superficiality only sees the title, the ink on the paper, the sticky on the on the whatever, but the the essence of it and all of that, they don't even want to take time to learn, and 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 that comes from cockiness, that comes from smugness, that comes from conceitedness, and all of the things that Paul warns about. In, in the in the epistles, and, and the apostles themselves warn about it. I mean, come on. It's cockiness to have Peter out there on the house. Come on. Yeah. Uh-uh, not you, Lord. I know you're not the one because I'm praying for you and we're with you. And next thing you know, this is like, you know, Peter before the cock crowed three times. First, the Lord got to tell Satan to get behind him, and he's in his training. Satan and your mentee. Somebody need to write a book on that. Satan and your mentee. You know, <laughs> he's like, what to do when Satan's in your mentee? He had two mentees. He had Peter and he had Judas. Judas, the two. One, one didn't make yeah. it. You know. Yeah. And um, Woo. you know, and then that's where the end up with poor little, poor little Thomas. Thomas. Unless I jam my finger in his skull, 
and right. Oh, come on, gosh. Okay, but but yeah, that says a lot about him. But but I want you to recognize that the brilliant are brilliant because they're teachable, submittable. Sometimes people just will never be. I mean, you may be large, but that doesn't make you at top. Just because you're large, just because you have great numbers, doesn't mean you have great folk. You just have great numbers. And as long as that work isn't tried, nobody will ever know. But when God wants to make you greater than what you think you are, he tries your work. He blows on it. He puts flame, he flame torches it. He does all of that so that you'll know that you're so much more than you thought you were and that you'll seek out what it takes to bring all of you and all the best of you into God's service. I don't know about you, Ashley, but I think that's a great, great word. That's a powerful word. You know, great word. You know, sometimes you, you, you bypass training, you bypass development, you bypass mentorship because you are so self-sufficient, and you think that your self-sufficiency has revealed the sum of your capability. To, the, to yourself in the world, and you're cheating yourself, rushing down the aisle, title grabbing, you're cheating yourself because you don't know the greatness is in you. And great people have mentors and masters and coaches and tutors. That's how they got there. And the greater they are, the more they look for one to make them greater still. Because you're not great because of what happens on the inside of you that you can yourself process and present to the world. You're great for all of the people who know how to go past your limitations and dig up that stuff in you that even you didn't know was there. Is that talking to any of you out there? Because sometimes you need to submit to training so that the rest of your greatness is harvested and perfected so that you're not cheated on your inheritance. And I'm telling you, lack of education, lack of training will, will literally rob you of your inheritance because you'll only get a 30-fold. That 60 comes from pressing and somebody tapping in, and that 100 comes from not fleeing but achieving. Well, guys, I don't know how much time we got left, Ashley. I think we're kind of running out of time. She said, I got three minutes. Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay, I don't have three minutes, guys. Just from the I'm just saying two and a half minutes. I want from three to two and a half. Listen, I want to encourage you to go to my website and, and sign up for Dr. Paula Price. I like this. Dot TV. Subscribe to us. You get all of this. I know that we have it on Periscope. I know that we have it on Facebook. But um, we also have a camera between the two that is giving us a clean, blemish-free copy. That is one of the things that you want. You don't also have to scroll through a ton of, of broadcasts to get to the one that you really want to talk about or you really want to revisit. So uh, subscribe to me on drpaulaprice.tv. Don't forget June 21st through the 24th. We started out talking about that. You want to be here in Tulsa in June. And then mark your calendar for November 15th through the 18th of 2017. Again, in Tulsa, the Amir Apostleship Summit is the Amir Apostleship Summit. And we bring in people from all over. I'm so excited. We've got great people lined up for both of them. Starting about next week, we're going to talk about um, our, our uh, speakers and trainers. Yes. Hallelujah. And guess what else? I'm also excited about this, guys. The P A the Prophet Cookie the Prophet Assessment Questionnaire is back on the market. Hey, prophetic leaders and trainers, come on, send them to the website, drpaulaprice.com. You want to do it. First start out with the MAQ so you can find out whether or not you should take the profit. Unless you're sure you're a prophet, don't start there. All right, well, I'm ready to go. We have done a one. I hope this is a blessing to you. I felt like God sometimes just wants to chat. Join us again on Thursday morning for the Paula Price Show, 11 o'clock Central Time. Until then, have a wonderful Wednesday. And don't forget Wednesday Warriors tomorrow night. God bless you. Good night. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.